4: Jim, it's that time of year. Spring showers, opening day, and of course, taxes. I'm Greg Codd of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Jim DiRigatis from WBEZ and Columbia College. We're going to try to ease
5: the pain of paying taxes with, what else, some great music. Plus, we'll review the new album by Brooklyn Art Rockers TV on the radio. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. From WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX, you're listening to Sound Opinions. And time now for some music news.
6: I noticed that you got it You noticed that I want it You know that I can take it To the next level, baby If you want this goodness Sicker than the remix Baby, let me blow your mind tonight I can't take it, take it, take no more Never felt like, felt like this before Come on, get me
4: That is Till the World Ends, the latest single from Britney Spears' seventh studio album, Femme Fatale. Jim, it is her sixth of seven studio albums to debut at number one on the pop charts. That's pretty darn amazing. We listen to to Britney Spears so that you, our loyal listeners, don't have to. It's a public service. It's a lot of work to listen to Britney. We're (laughs) glad to do it for you. (laughs) It's painful. The reason we talk about her is that she has sold a ton of records. You can take the temperature of the music industry by looking at Britney Spears' sales. In a lot of ways, she represents the ups and very much the downs of what the music industry has experienced over the last dozen years. It is interesting to note that her previous album, the 2008 release, Circus, when she was just coming out of all that Public Travail. That album sold over 500,000 copies in its first week of release, prompting the idea that, hey, maybe she's on a comeback trail. This new album, she's clean, she's healthy, she's revived, she's going to have a big week. I personally thought this album was going to be a blockbuster first week sales not so much the case 276,000 first week sales not bad but not great especially when you compare it to her pop competition in the last year or so you know you're looking at first week sales for somebody like Eminem of 741,000 Taylor Swift over a million first week sales of her latest album even Adele that UK pop phenom that we talked about a few months ago Jim has topped First week sales of 350,000. Pretty darn impressive, making uh, Britney look not quite so relevant anymore. We have to look at this question is Britney Spears at the age of 29 over as a pop phenomenon? A lot of critics are saying, look, she was
5: a 90s phenomenon. It ain't the 90s no more. Where does she fit today? You know, if we want to go to the coquettish Cupid doll, we've got Katy Perry covering that end. And if we want to go to the avant-garde a challenging dance queen, we've got Lady Gaga, right? Is there still room for Britney? Most of the record produced by what has to be called the most successful pop production team in the world today max martin and dr luke that swedish superstar combo britney has no songwriting credits whatsoever on this record which is interesting and maybe we'll talk about that in a second let's hear a song and then we'll give our thoughts on this record this is britney spears from the new album it's called trip to your heart on sound opinions
4: trip to your heart from the latest Britney Spears album, Femme Fatale, number one in the country. And Jim, I wanted to play that song to illustrate something about this record. First of all, the production team, you mentioned Dr. Luke and Max Martin as key producers for her since the beginning almost. With this Swedish team of Bloodshy and Avant, I think they offer some of the best dance tracks on this record. And this is what this album is all about that one in particular is more in the ballad vein it's more subdued than the rest of the record but I think the most interesting part of that song by far is what they're doing as producers rather than what Brittany is doing as a voice or a performer you know you mentioned the fact that she has no songwriting credits on this album there are 28 songwriters and 13 <laughs> producers yeah. on these 12 yeah. songs this is a franchise This is a factory It is a brand slapped on top of some of the best production that money can buy. And there is absolutely no doubt that this album sounds great. It's going to sound great in a club. But is Britney Spears really present in her own career? I would argue not. She seems to be just another sonic element on her own album almost as if hey you over there in the corner come in here sing some vocals then we're going to mash them up twist them around it's not even going to sound like you but it's okay you're just a piece of this big machine that we're cranking out with your name on it and i think one of the reasons that she is losing some of her pop currency jim is that lack of personality when you look at Katy perry whether you like her or not at least there's evidence of a personality there adele evidence of a strong personality and lady
5: gaga up the wazoo
4: absolutely same thing with taylor swift whatever you think milk toast or not it's her songs it's her personality she comes through as something with Britney Spears, it's like this blank slate. Whatever you want her to be,
5: she'll be. Well, it's a troubling disconnect, Greg, because when we're seeing Britney in the news, she's at a, a Little League game with her kids. She's trying to be a good mom. Then on this album, there's all these party-hardy songs. You would think that she is you know, you know, the queen of the disco, drinking and drugging harder than than Kesha or anybody else on yes. the pop scene. There's also a cruelty here. Now, it may seem like an exercise in futility to examine the lyrics of a Britney Spears record, right? But she is there. She is singing the words. There's this line from Drop Dead uh, Beautiful. She actually sings, Got me kind of hot, but I ain't sweating you, steaming like a pot full of vegetables. Mm-hmm. She comes off as a cipher that is kept in a road case until she is needed to appear on stage or in front of a microphone, however briefly, and then she's put away again. That, to me, is fundamentally sad, you know? So I think if we were to grade this on the buy-it-burn-it- trash-it scale, I have to say just as a piece of soulless plastic product, it's obviously a trash-it.
4: Well, it's soulless, but it's also an insight into the pop machine at its finest in a lot of ways. This is how it works when you get chewed up by that industry. The production on these songs is a I would say burn it just to listen to what these producers are doing with a voice that could be anybody's.
2: Didn't you, know, you ain't gonna rest they think they've got it all.
5: You're listening to Sound Opinions, and that is Johnny Paycheck with me and the IRS. Johnny Paycheck, best known for take this job and shove it, right? <laughs> it's something we'd all like to do on certain days at least, but we can't because we have to pay the rent. And sometimes paying the rent is difficult because we also have to pay. The government. Yeah. Now, obviously, tax day is looming. Uh, taxes and money and finance are on our minds. These are not subjects we enjoy, but music makes everything more tolerable,
4: or at least gives us a form of catharsis. And you realize how many songs have been written about human interaction as sort of this currency. You know, it, materialism taking over or dominating a relationship, you know, the wealth of one person versus the other determining whether or not that relationship can last. There have been hundreds, thousands of songs written about this subject because obviously money is important to us. And I'm going to go to one of what I feel should have been one of the first hip-hop songs about bling. I mean, it was written in the Tin Pan Alley Broadway era in the 40s by a pair of songwriters, Julie Stein and Leo Robin, for a Broadway play, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, originally sung by Carol Channing and then later on most famously by Marilyn Monroe in the movie of the same name. I'm not going to subject you to those versions, although they have a (laughs) certain camp appeal. Carol Uh, Channing
7: kind of rocks. Yeah,
4: yeah. But years later, decades later, T-Bone Burnett, best known as the famous producer and sidekick of Bob Dylan, did a fabulous version of this song on a 1982 EP called Trap Door. He completely nailed not only the cynicism behind this song, but also the campiness of it. There was a little wink in his eye as he was performing this song. And not only that, he married it to a great groove that I think Gene Vincent would have admired, you know, Be Bopalula that mm-hmm. kind of thing. He completely nailed what this song was all about. And, and Marilyn Monroe understood it as well, but the whole idea of bling being more important than the person wearing it is essential to understanding this song, and I think a deep insight into a lot of human interaction over the centuries. Here's T-Bone Burnett's version of the Broadway hit Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend on Sound Opinions.
8: Kiss on the hand may be quite continental. But diamonds are a girl's best friend. A kiss may be grand, but it won't pay the rental on your humble flat or help you at the automat. Men grow cold, these girls grow old. We all lose our charm in the end. But square cut a pear shape, these rocks don't lose their shape. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Let's, Let's ride. There may come a time when the last needs a lawyer. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Let's rock again.
4: burnett telling us that diamonds are a girl's best friend on sound opinions we've got cash on the brain jim money on the brain <laughs> tax day is looming what have you got for us next in that vein
5: well greg i think any consideration of great music about taxes or money has to start with a tax man by the beatles From the Revolver album, one of the uh, first really significant contributions from George Harrison as a songwriter. Now, this always has has seemed jarring to many people. Harrison, the spiritual Mm -hmm. (laughs) Beatle, the one least concerned about the material world, singing, you know, very specifically, "'If you drive a car, I'll tax the street. If you try to sit, I'll tax your seat. If you get too cold, I'll tax the heat. If you take a walk, I'll tax your feet.'" Now, there was a long tradition in the 60s and 70s of superstar British rockers being very angry at the uh, very heavy-handed U.K. system of taxation. That's why you have the Rolling Stones going to the south of France to record Exile on Main Street. You know, you have Pink Floyd getting out of Dodge and recording a song called Money. The Beatles were capitalists. They wanted to keep their money. But I don't think this is what Harrison is really doing in this song. I think... This is the first time in the Beatles canon where you have one of those musicians very vocally and with considerable anger, questioning authority. You know, the key line for me in Taxman is, don't ask me what I want it for. Right, Mm -hmm. this is a time of the waning days of British imperialism. America is at war, hurtling toward war in Vietnam. Harrison is questioning if I'm going to give you some of my money. What are you going to do with it? You know, and the response from government is, "Don't ask me what I want it for." That's what it is. This is a protest song, as Mm -hmm. much as Bob Dylan, or as much as a lot of those John Lennon angry political songs that would come later. Plus, you know, I mean, it's like the greatest guitar riff of all time. Okay, Mm -hmm. here's the Beatles with Taxman. That is Taxman by The Beatles. Coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ, Chicago, and PRX, we'll continue with our Tax Day special. And later on, Greg and I will review the new release by Indie Art Rockers TV on the Radio.
4: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and we are busy toiling over our tax returns Time to get a uh, soundtrack for that out here, Jim. That's exactly what we're doing right now. I have to insert here, Greg, that for the
5: benefit of uh, the many listeners who who toil hard at their jobs at the Internal Revenue Service, the members of Sound Opinion staff all pay their taxes diligently and on time. Thank you. No
4: audits, please. I have to say, this next song that I'm going to play really resonates with me at this moment. Uh, Fenton Robinson, Somebody Loan Me a Dime. And sometimes when you're filing those returns, you're going, jeez. I just need a few extra cents here in order to make this payment. (laughs) Fenton Robinson really nailed it with this song. He was a Mississippi-born blues man, came to Chicago in the early 60s, and cut this as a single in 66. It was a huge regional hit, sold about 150,000 copies. Boss Gags covered it a couple of years later, a famous version, about a 10-12 minute version That he had with Dwayne Allman on guitar, one of the classic Dwayne Allman guitar solos. Unfortunately, forgot to credit Fenton Robinson on the original album, and a court fight ensued. Fenton won, as he should have, ended up reclaiming the song by re-recording it for Alligator Records in in the mid-'70s. And that's the classic version I'm going to play here. The thing I love about this song, you've got this rich, baritone voice. A man suffering with a certain amount of dignity. I mean, there's no self-pity here, but at the same time sounding incredibly forlorn. Back in the day when you did have to pay a dime for a phone call. You didn't have cell phones. And he's so down on his luck, he doesn't even have a single dime to make this phone call to his old time used to be. Fenton Robinson, Somebody Loan Me a Dime on Sound Opinions. <laughs>
2: Somebody loan me a dime. I want to call my old time used to be. Somebody loan me a dime. I tell you, I want to call my old time used to be. My woman been gone so long, yeah. And now i I just cry, I just cry, I cry like a baby all night long. Oh, I cry, and then I cry, I cry just like a baby all night long. Somebody.
5: Fenton Robinson, with somebody loan me a dime on Sound Opinions. Nice choice, Greg. My first choice was "Taxman" by the Beatles. Got to start there. But actually, two months before "Revolver" came out, the Kinks issued their "Face to Face" album in 1966. Fellow Brit pop pioneers, along with the Beatles, you know, and Ray Davies being one of the masterful sociological observers of all time. Sunny afternoon. If you know the song at all, you might be thinking, what does that have to do with money and taxes? I don't quite get it. But if you look at Davies lyrics, the tax man's taken all my dough and left me in my stately home, lazing on a sunny afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I can't sail my yacht. He's taken everything I got. I'm lazing on a sunny afternoon. It's not a wistful celebration of lounging around in the sun. He's got nothing left and nowhere to go. He's probably going to get kicked out of that home shortly. He was a rich man and now he's got nothing. A great song about the joys of paying taxes on Sound Opinions. Kinks, Sunny Afternoon.
9: The taxman's taken all my dough and left me in my stately home, blazing on a sunny afternoon. So pleasantly, live this life of luxury, blazing on a sunny
1: afternoon, in the summertime.
9: here Sipping at my ice cold beer blazing on the sunny afternoon Help me, help me, help me Sail away Well give me two good reasons why
4: Is the Kinks with Sunny Afternoon. Greg, you got another money song? I do, Jim. I was thinking a lot about 90s hip-hop when we were talking about doing this as a theme show and the influx of cash into the hip-hop world in the 90s and how it influenced the kind of music that was made. The epitome of that was uh, the notorious B.I.G. with Mo' Money, Mo' Problems. You yeah, know? ain't that the truth. You get more of it in there, more people want a piece of you, and the next thing you know, you've got a whole other level of turmoil in your life. That's true. What happens if you don't have any money? How do you acquire it? How do you acquire it, especially when you're a young African-American struggling in the ghetto, to get a job, a legitimate job, a paying job? When those jobs are few and far between, what do you have to resort to? In the case of many of these inner-city young black men, you know, it was a life of crime. And that's what the Wu-Tang Clan was talking about on its debut album from 1993 in the song I'm going to play next. The Wu-Tang Clan, nine-member collective of MCs, without a doubt, to my mind, the greatest collection of MCs under one roof ever made in in, in the hip-hop world. All extremely talented guys, all spun off solo careers after this record came out. But the first album that the Wu-Tang Clan put out, 36 Chambers, still one of the great East Coast hip-hop albums ever made. And this is one of the key singles from it. Cream, Otherwise known as cash rules everything around me. Mm. Method Man says that in the chorus and two great verses here, one by Raekwon and another by Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck talks about this idea, you know, I had to go to dealing drugs to, to make ends meet. I ended up in jail at the age of 15 when what I found out is that my life was like that prison cell. So there was a lot of recognition here about the price of this lifestyle that they've chosen, and at the same time, the almighty dollar ruling their decisions. The Wu-Tang Clan with Cream on Sound Opinions.
10: I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job, had second hands. Moms bounced on old men, so then we moved to Shaolin Land. A young dude, they're rocking the go-to. Getting the G York was drug loot. and let's start like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one, pulling out gats for fun. But it was just the dream for the team, who was a fiend. Started smoking rules at sixteen, and running up in gates and doing it for high stakes, making my way off five skates. No question, I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow up and try to get the dough off, sticking up white boys on ballboards. Board my life got no. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick ass click and went all out. Catching keys from 4Cs, rolling in MPVs. Every week we make 40 Gs. Yo, we got respect, my. I'll to the tech notch. Bow!
2: Move from the gate now. So that's
4: That's the Wu-Tang Clan with cream. Cash rules everything around me on Sound Opinions. And, uh, yes, cash is the big theme of today's show, Jim. What do you got next? I got a song from Johnny Cash. There you go. Another man,
5: like Inspector Deck, who knew what it was like to be imprisoned with a 1978 song. Fairly late in his career, the I Would Like to See You Again album song is called After Taxes. Really specific image in this song of Cash getting, quote, that little brown envelope mm-hmm. with his week's work, wages, in there. And looking inside, I peep inside, Lord, I lose all hope from those total wages earned down to the net amount that's due. <laughs> that feeling of like,
2: all right, I'm getting paid today. It's payday, right?
5: <laughs> That's all there is, really? (laughs) Even Johnny Cash knew that feeling well. Here is the man in black with After Taxes on Sound Opinions. I
3: feel so good (laughs) come payday I think of all the things I'm gonna buy When I pick up my pay, don't you know But then they hand me that little brown envelope I peep inside, nor to lose all hope. Cause from those total wages earned down to that net amount that's due, I feel a painful sense of loss between the two. Mmm, federal tax. There goes that bracelet for her arm. Mmm, county tax. There goes that new fence for my farm. Mm-hmm. There goes that brand new Pontiac mm-hmm. with old There goes the shirt right off my back You can dream about a honeymoon for two You can dream but that's about all you can do Cause by the time old Uncle Sam gets through with you you can buy her a pair of hose, a little powder for her nose, and take her down to Sloppy Joe's for beer and stew. Them are the facts. After tax, you can dream about vacations in the sun. You can dream, but you can't ever have a one. Cause by the time your good old Uncle Sam gets done You've got just enough for gas To see them city limits pass And if you get back home fourth class I'd say you've won Federal mm-hmm. tap There goes that bracelet for her arm Cowdy mm-hmm. tax, There goes that new fence for my farm Mm-hmm. Luxury tax Send back that shortwave radio mm-hmm. Insurance tax Cancel that trip to Mexico mm-hmm. State income tax Or get that brand new Pontiac mm-hmm. With hold There goes the shirt right off my back
5: That is Johnny Cash with After Taxes on Sound Opinions. Would you like to add a tune to our tax-paying soundtrack? Call 888-859-1800. You can also email us at interact at soundopinions.org or talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll be back with our final tracks about Paying Uncle Sam, and then it's TV on the radio. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.
6: I screamed and I hollered, I was so high-pressed. I called the man that I love the best. I finally got my baby about a half past three. He said, like to know what you want.
5: sound opinions i'm jim de my partner is greg tot both of us pay our taxes in a timely fashion and we are celebrating music about money or
4: paying the government what we owe them greg time for our final picks what have you got jim i'm gonna play three versions of what i think is one of the greatest songs ever written about the almighty dollar money that's what i want The song was originally written in 1959 in the very earliest days of the Motown record label in Detroit, just as it was starting. In fact, this was the song that put Motown on the map. And, you know, they're in a room together, much as they did in the early days with Motown, writing songs. Barry Gordy's there, Barrett Strong, the piano player and vocalist is there, and they're riffing on ideas. They hear this piano chord and it comes along and they say, give me something. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I want money. Give me some money. And they said, that's great. Let's let's write a song about that. That's what, that's what we want. It was a mission statement, of course, of where Motown wanted to be in a few very short years, and that's where they got. Later on, they would become more refined in the way they approached the songwriting with people like Holland Dozier Holland and Smokey Robinson writing these very crafted songs. But this was just an explosion of desire and need and ambition encapsulated in this one song. Then... A few years later, the Beatles covered it. John Lennon's vocal in this 1963 recording of that song ended up on their second album. I think in a lot of ways captures the Beatles' own ambition and ups the ante even to a greater degree. I mean, Lennon's voice says, I will kill if I have to in order to get to this place that I want to be. And it's interesting, in the third verse, he also throws in a line, "I I want freedom. He wants it all. The world is spread out in front of the Beatles, and they are going for it. And finally, in 1979, this little art punk band out of England, the Flying Lizards, did a fabulously twisted version. There is no desperation. It is just jaded and blasé over pots and pans percussion, this sense of, you know, I've seen it all, I've done it all, and I still want it all, but you don't matter anything to me. The only thing I care about is this financial gain that I'm going to get through any relationship that I have with you, a perfect way to usher in the greed is good 1980s, the Gordon Gecko decade, right? So here's three different versions of a fantastic song. We're going to string them together for you. First, you're going to hear Barrett Strong's Motown hit, then the Beatles cover version of it, then finally the Flying Lizards 1979 version on Sound Opinions. Money, that's what I want.
0: them to the birds and bees
4: Money, that's what I want from Barrett Strong, the Beatles, and the Flying Lizards on Sound Opinions. We're just about to wrap up our uh, cash money special for tax day. What do you got for us, Jim?
5: Well, Greg, you gave us three versions of one song called Money. I've got one song with money in its title three times. Money, money, money by the great ABBA. One of the wealthiest bands in the history of popular music. Yeah. They have been offered, what, like hundreds of millions of dollars to reform for one gig. Mm-hmm. The uh, the songwriting royalties from that incredible string of hits they had in the 70s, it's got to power or overpower the economies of many small countries. <laughs> Those guys are rolling in the dough. But in this song, they were complaining about, I work all day, I work all night to pay the bills, and I never have a single penny left for me. They're imagining what it is like to be poor in a rich man's world. What else is there to say? We're all there, I think. Money, Money, Money by ABBA on Sound Opinions. Money, Money, Money by ABBA on Sound Opinions, one of our picks for a tune to play while you're paying your taxes. If you'd like to revisit them, go to soundopinions.org. To a song called Caffeinated Consciousness by TV on the Radio from its new album, Nine Types of Light. This band came together about a decade ago in Brooklyn. ...and have become, over the course of four earlier albums, sort of the master fusionists in the indie rock world today. There are so many different ingredients. Fractured r b jagged art rock, African music. In their mix, it's ridiculous. They've been evolving from the very beginning. Every album they've given us has been something new. Tunde Adabimpe, one of the incredible voices, and there really are two great singers in this band, told me after the last album, Dear Science, in 2008, I don't know anybody who listens to Just One Kind of Music. We don't want to be confined by that. We are forever evolving. They've taken a bit of a hiatus in recent years. Tunde Adebimpe went on to do a uh, starring role in Rachel Getting Married, the Jonathan Demme film. Other people in the band were doing other projects. I think most notably multi-instrumentalist David Andrew Saitek did that R&B side project Maximum Balloon. Now they came back to do this album. And they recorded in sunny Los Angeles as opposed to heavy Brooklyn. Where are they now that they're giving us new music, this quintet? This is the first song on the new album Nine Types of Light. It's actually called Second Song
7: by TV on the radio on Sound Opinions. Confidence and ignorance approve me Define my day Today I've tried so hard to shut it down Lock it up Gently walk away Appetites and impulses confuse me Decide my day today Now my body says it's over Shaking hands move to tear my face away And when the night comes I'm feeling like a pyro And I know Stables my survival when there's music all around me I haven't got a single word to say. And then the light shines. It's gleaming like a bottle and love knows. I tackle it full throttle. May I illuminate the nameless, faceless saints of these odd and open brains.
4: That is second song from TV on the radio and the new record Nine Types of Light. Jim, I cannot tell you how many ways I love that song. And I think it is just emblematic of why this is one of the great bands of the last decade. The way that soundscape shifts beneath the vocals. It's like a movie yeah. uh, going in your mind, playing in your mind. The way the instrumentation shifts, I think it represents a shift in in the way TV on the radio is looking at the world. Maybe it had something to do with that sunny LA studio, but there is a lot of light on this record. There is a lot of these images about love can redeem you. The previous two albums, let's not forget, those are pretty claustrophobic, pretty dark, pretty doomy. We had the sense of TV on the radio as being the band that was providing this soundtrack for the end of the world in some ways. They saw some very dire times that we were being faced with. There's some percolating stuff going on here as well, rhythmically. But What I really hear is more of a ballad heavy record. There's a couple of songs that are kind of in that old, aggressive, up tempo vein. But this is much more of a bedroom record, not only in the sexual sense, but I think in the interior sense of contemplating your life at sort of a key moment. You've lived 10, 12 years in this public sphere, and now you're moving on to the next place. Normally, I would not be the kind of person to say this is the kind of record for me, you know, ballad heavy, optimistic, maybe you want more substance. There's a ton of substance here. And at the end of the record, they throw in this amazing song song, called Forgotten, and I'm just going to quote a couple of lines from it because it's emblematic of the kind of surprises you're going to get on this record not only sonically but lyrically Beverly Hills, nuclear winner what should we wear and who's for dinner it's like wow that's a little disturbing again I think TV on the radio has made a great record it's a buy it record
5: for me I would agree it absolutely is a buy it record Greg and let me go further and say that I think the TV on the radio is becoming as important a band from America as Radiohead is from the UK I think similarly like Radiohead's recent album The King of Limbs you have one of the great rhythm sections in rock today Mm. Jaleel Bunton and Gerard Smith laying back really kind of percolating underplaying as opposed to the last record which i said was a real kind of dance record but this band is so powerful that it still works this record to me is a bedroom record you are absolutely right but it is a sort of melancholy one um very
4: enthusiastic double buy it what do we have on the show next week jim next week we're going to be talking to one of the most influential producers of the last two decades butch vig
5: Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. If the Sound Opinions production team were the familiar faces on some American currency, I would have to say that our intern Nick Myers, he is the Andrew Jackson twenty dollar bill. <laughs> our producer Jason Saldana, he's Ulysses S. Grant on the fifties. Our other producer, Robin Lynn, she's Susan B. Anthony, the silver dollar, and our executive producer, our fearless leader, Tory Southside Malatia, he's kind of the Jefferson two dollar bill. Do they even make those anymore? <laughs>
4: Sound opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say.
2: No Please place this call. You know it's not for fun.
6: New messages.
0: Hi, my name is Ellen and I listened to your show tonight about early Dylan. And I wanted to share a memory of uh, hearing Dylan pretty early in his career. It was 1963, fall. I was a freshman at Brandeis University. A friend of mine was a freshman at Harvard University, and I went from Waltham to spend an afternoon with him. We walked around Cambridge, and then he said that he'd been told that there were some folk singers coming who were really supposed to be pretty good, so we went to hear them, and I don't remember... If it was like a free concert or if we paid $5 for a ticket, I do remember it being in sort of an informal room and standing a lot of the time. And so then these two singers came out on stage, and it was Bob Dylan and Joan Baez. We didn't really know what we were hearing, but we knew we had heard something really special and really different. Go away from... For someone never weak, but always strong, to protect you and defend you, whether you are right or wrong, someone to open each and every door, but it ain't me, babe.
4: no, no, no. Hey, this is Clifford Lee of Andover, Minnesota, of the greater Minneapolis area. Um, I just got done listening to your Bob Dylan show How can you talk about Bob Dylan Without some of his bootleg stuff Like Bear Mountain Picnic
1: Well
0: I soon lost track of my kids and wife So many people I never saw in my life That old ship was sinking down in the water There were 6,000 people trying to kill each other Dogs are barking Cats are screaming Women are yelling Men are flying Fists are flying Paper flying Cops are coming Me running Hey, we just better call off the picnic.
8: You
4: have to admit that that man does have a sense of humor, certainly in the vein of Arlo Guthrie, and some of the things he did with the legend of the giant clams. Thanks, guys.
0: Hi, guys. My name is Ruthie, and I live in Chicago. Thanks for this wonderful show on Bob Dylan. You know, I'm a music teacher, and I teach his songs to a new generation of children because I really believe that... He's a time capsule unto himself. If the world were to disappear and beings were to find just his songs left in some, you know, some sort of uh, iron casket somewhere, uh, they would be able to know the struggles that we were going through and the times that we had experienced here on Earth. To me, he's a prophet in our time. Bye-bye. Come gather round people wherever you roam. And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times, they are a-changing
3: My
8: name is John Zapacosta. I live in Springfield, Pennsylvania, I've followed Bob Dylan since the early 1950s when I was a teenager myself, and I think he's a genius in his writing. There isn't any explanation for the talent that he has. It's that is a word genius, almost like Shakespeare or some other master of language was. So I think he's probably the greatest songwriter the country has ever had. That's it.
0: the loser be later to win For the times, they are